Hello, time now for another Big Finish podcast. to you good what <laughs> what I've not I don't know what to do now oh no ah yeah not so uh, easy is it eh? well, Paul Sprague's taking over yeah oh, this is fine right come on then well okay uh, this podcast uh, we're you going haven't said to... who you are yet yeah no, no I don't want to yeah. well, it's going to remain know. a mystery I don't know who you are could you yeah. explain what Big Finish is yeah. no yeah come on if you're going to do this job you're going to do it properly people are tuning out there's, there's 10 <sighs> listeners going with every second fine 20 fine 30 gone come on 40 <laughs> listeners lost the pressure is <laughs> too much hello I'm Paul Sprague and this is the Big Finish Podcast and uh, with me is David Richardson hello he's I don't know what he does frankly I mean it could be anything and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Nick Briggs hello he is the executive producer of Big Finish, which produces Doctor Who audios and Stargate audios, Dark Shadows audios, uh, books, uh, a variety of other audios based on licensed properties, all manner of stuff. I'm just going to go on and start plugging stuff now. Yeah, that's, that's it. Now, what we're talking about in this podcast is because one of the things people come to our website and go, oh, there's so much, I don't know what to do. So we're going to talk about some jumping on points for the Doctor Who range. Mm. So if you've never heard a Big Finish before or you've heard a couple and you're just a bit confused what to listen to next, shall I start with my suggestions? Yes. This is based on what we did at a convention recently. We said to people, so you've watched the TV series, have you? And they say, yes. Okay, well, do you remember that story Dalek? The first one with the Daleks coming back with Chris Eccleston. Well, Rob Shearman's script for that was based on another script or inspired by another script he wrote for Big Finish called Jubilee which features the sixth Doctor. So Jubilee is a good one to start. And it does feature a Dalek uh, imprisoned in a cell. And here's a little teaser for Jubilee. Lamb, open the door. Doctor, would you be so kind as to step inside? Why, what's in there? A chance, just a slim chance, that you can prove you are who you say you are. Doctor? I'll be all right. I can't see a thing. The prisoner prefers the darkness. I think for once we should oblige it. There is an access panel we can watch from here. What's in there? Tell me. The magnetic field keeps the prisoner fixed to the floor. I shall now turn it off and allow it free movement. He is the Doctor. There's no need for this. We shall soon see whether he is just another fake we have to execute or the saviour of us all. Dear, oh dear. It really is terribly exciting. Hello? Is there anybody in here? Who are you? I heard you cry out in pain. Can I help you? Speak to me! Doctor! 
Oh no! Chalk, chalk, you are an enemy of the Daleks. You are to be exterminated. No, wait! Exterminate, exterminate! So there you are. Go to the website, write in Jubilee in the search engine. Have a listen to that if you've never heard it before. Another one, if you if you like your Cybermen, a highly acclaimed release about the creation of the Cybermen. It's called Spare Parts, set on Mondas, starring Peter Davison and Sarah Sutton. That's my sister. What have they done to her? Come on, love. Let's look at the tree. That's right. Your hands are frozen. It's horrible. Is that really her? Now, remember what it all means, eh? Our dear old scraggy old tree stands for the forests that once covered the surface of the world. The lights are the stars above the stone sky. And the baubles are the worlds we pass, winding our long journey through them like the tinsel. And the star on top. That's the old sun we left behind, and one day we'll get back to. Look, love, here's our Frank. Hello, big sis. Love you. And here's Nissa too. Hello, Yvonne. She doesn't even know me. <laughs> no, no, don't cry, love, don't cry. We're all back together now. Like a proper family. Oh, what's happening? The power has been restored, Sister Man. The recruits programming is completing automatically. I'm on the processing conveyor. Down off here! Commander Zheg instructed that you were to be processed immediately. No! I'm a selector! You need me to help the recruits! I have tasks to perform! Your tasks will be clearer after processing. No! You can't! Now, if you like Paul McGann and you saw the TV movie and thought he was great in that, which we did, uh, you may be interested to know, if you didn't know before, that the Eighth Doctor adventures have largely existed on audio. Here come the police to arrest me. Uh, and so we started doing Paul McGann stuff in the year 2000. Oh, the police have stopped. Um, yeah. they've, but, they've lost the signal. They don't know where you are. <laughs> And we relaunched the Paul McGann Eighth Doctor audios uh, with a new companion in a series that was on BBC Radio 7, which is now Radio 4 Extra. Um, the new companion was called Lucy Miller, and she was played by Sheridan Smith, who's a fantastic actress who you may have heard of. She's, uh, I think, multi-award winning by now. 
and she's got a huge career ahead of her as well. Uh, I think she'll be a film star in about two years' time. That's my prediction. Anyway, uh, the first story featuring the Eighth Doctor and Lucy Miller, played by Sheridan Smith, is Blood of the Daleks, uh, a corking story by Steve Lyons, who's a brilliant writer and has worked with us many times before. And this is a good jumping on point if you're interested in the Eighth Doctor adventures. So here's a bit of a tease for Blood of the Daleks. It's a repeating pattern. And I don't think it's coming from Red Rocket Rising. You mean it's strong enough to penetrate the dust cloud? Oh, maybe the Exodus ships have got through already. Someone's out there, somewhere, trying to get through. Inhabitants of human planet Red Rocket Rising. You were right, Asha. You were right. Yes. We have received your distress signal. We have a fleet of ships in the vicinity of your solar system with capacity for approximately 10,000 refugees. We wish to help you. If you like Tom Baker, uh, we just recently got persuaded Tom after 10 years of trying to persuade him to come back to the role of the fourth doctor, to return to it for the first time in 30 years took me two years solid of emails as well with tom i've got some very interesting emails from tom one day i'll read them all out (laughs) a special (laughs) podcast or maybe get tom to read them out that'd be even funnier anyway the first adventure we did with tom was called destination nerva and if you're a fan of the classic series you will know that the ark in space tom baker's second ever adventure was set on space station nerva and here the doctor returns to nerva in a completely different time zone And here's a little teaser for that. This is the airlock where we arrived, Doctor. The space tug Chandra is still attached. Good, everyone inside. Wait a minute. I need some sort of explanation. I picked up something strange on the decon filter when that pilot came aboard, but what we just saw... Doctor Foster. I'm not moving until you give me some kind of explanation. Did you ever go to Gloucester in a shower of rain? What? Well, I assure you, this is a thousand times deadlier. Doctor, look out! Quick, into the airlock now! Commodore! Oh. Shut the door! Push it shut! It is all right. The epiderm thing has been cut off by the door. It is dead, Doctor? That bit is. There's plenty more where that came from. What is this, Doctor? Don't touch it! How many more times will I have to tell you, Doctor? As many times as it takes to make sense of this. Sense? None of it makes sense. But isn't it clear? It's deadly. I'll work out the sense bit later. Our first priority is to get away from it and send for help. We, uh, we could call the supply ship if it hasn't already left for Earth yet. Then we must get into the Chandler now. Quickly, move! Doctor, will this epidermis break through the airlock? Are we safe? I've no idea what that thing is capable of, Leela. Then we must break this ship away from Nerva. And we'd better do it fast, before the infection completely jams the systems. Now there's the jumping on point for the Tom Baker adventures. Uh, but uh, Because it's the first story in the series. But if you like your Daleks and you're interested to hear Doctor Who with his arch enemies and you're interested in Tom Baker, another good jumping on point would be Energy of the Daleks, which is Tom Baker's Doctor with Louise Jameson as Leela in a rather, I suppose, quite a traditional... Uh, story with the Daleks. It will wipe out the human race. Correct, Doctor! 
Ah, hello. Excuse me, I'm rather busy. The controls are locked. You cannot prevent the energy transmission. Well, since you're so confident, you won't mind if I give it a try, will you? That noise. It is the power of the Dalek ship. Yes, it is, isn't it? Move away from the controls or we will exterminate you! How about you just stay where you are and I'll shut down everything, eh? That sounds like a much better arrangement to me, especially since if you fire at me, you risk destroying the controls. You cannot shut down the energy flow! It is impossible! Ah, but maybe I'm cleverer than you think. Doctor, you can access the power grid to the directional controls. Silence! <laughs> yes, and so... That's me, Nick Briggs, telling you my version of jumping on points for the Doctor Who range. Who wants to go next? I've got some. Go on. Well, it's very hard to choose them. Um, I'd it probably is. go for Cobwebs, which was the first time that Janet Fielding joined the range, and we had the Doctor, Tegan, Turlow and Nyssa back together for the first time. Um, if you like that era of Doctor Who, I think it perfectly re recreates... Um, great 80s Doctor Who drama at its best um, and it's a, it's a good twisty story by Jonathan Morris. So here's a clip from Cobwebs. It's almost as if we were there with them. Maybe we were. Edgar, have there been any other visitors to this base? Projecting. Uh, Doctor, what are you doing? That's, That's us. That's us. Edgar, end projection. Hey! was watching that. Not healthy to know too much about one's own future. What are you talking about? We don't know what happened to these people. We don't know what happened to us. And we can't know, don't you see? We mustn't risk finding out something that might prejudice our future actions. Computer, what happened to the crew of this station? Tegan! Pity poor Edgar. Pity me. Pity me. Pity me. Never mind that. What happened to the people who were here 40 years ago? Where are they and what did you do with them? Tegan, I'm warning you. You promised, Edgar Doctor. Take the past away, please. Where are they, you bastard machine? Medical bay, second level. Right, I'm going to take a look. Tegan! Sometimes it feels like I spend half my life chasing after that woman. If you're looking for pure nostalgia going way, way back to the beginning of Doctor Who, then it might be worth dipping into the Companion Chronicles and trying out the Rocket Men, which is performed by William Russell as Ian Chesterton. Um, a great story about um, alien bandits attacking a space station, um, but it's told in a very interesting non-chronological way by John Dorney. Um, I have to say it's one of my favourite productions that I've worked on um, and I hope you like it too. You know the Doctor? Ashman runs his gun through Vicky's hair, smiling down at her coldly. The young woman he'd grabbed runs back to her boyfriend's open arms. Vicky nods, clearly terrified. It had been a reckless act, admitting who she was. She'd not had any choice. I knew that. In another second, Barbara and I would have spoken out too. It was inevitable. Just you? There were supposed to be three. Barbara stands up, shakily, and makes herself known. I wince, but it's typical of her. Unwilling to let Vicky shoulder the blame alone. I should have known. I bite my tongue. I can't reveal myself yet. Another favourite of mine is The First Santorans. It's a very recent story. Um, 
It's one of the lost stories that um, Andrew Smith um, submitted to the Doctor Who production office back in the 1980s. Um, and it lost out on being made because Robert Holmes pitched up with the two Doctors. Um, but the first Sontorans went into Andrew Smith's attic um, and he's got it out and <laughs> and polished it up. Where did the second Sontorans go? Ah. They went into the basement. <laughs> um, and as, as you, you may you may not know that this answers the question about the Sontorans' origins. Um, a really full-on action story with quite a moving family drama at the heart of it. Um, I love it. Um, and I'd recommend it wholeheartedly. Sontaran! I am Commander Lorg of the first Sontaran battle fleet. No one imprisons a Sontaran officer and lives. For this, you die. Commander, wait! Look around you! This is a cell just like yours! I, in a Sontaran embrace! I'm a prisoner like you! Lies to save your life! No, it's true! Sorry, but you were rather invading my personal space. You are strong for a cavich. I will still break you. Cavich? What's a cavich? You are. I'm really not. Where are Clen and Stack? Where are Mansk and the others? Who? My patrol. Where are they? I've no idea. No more talking. You will die by my hand. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Oh, no! Back you go! Visiting hours are over, it would appear. Interestingly, of course, you if you go to our website, bigfinish.com, and press podcast at the top, you'll see in the podcast archive that just a few podcasts ago, episode one of the first Sontarans is available for free, and you can still listen to that by streaming the audio or downloading it now. My final choice would be Beneath Summerfield Just War, which is one of the very first forecast Benny plays that we did. It's a really harsh dramatic story of Benny being caught up in World War II. If you like your science fiction dark and gritty, I think this is a great place to start with Benny. Diary entry. 1st of March 1941. I feel like I'm getting old. If I didn't know my time ring stopped me aging, I'd swear I'd gained ten years in the last three months. Three months. Three months stuck on this godforsaken island. Three months of being Celia Dora instead of Bernie Summerfield. Three months of no sign of Jason. He could be dead. Shot by the Germans and I'd never know. I've written down everything I can remember about this war. But it's not enough. I just can't remember enough. Not the little details that might help me get through it. I overheard some of the officers talking this morning. I'm sure there's something dodgy going on at the airstrip. Something big. I've got to find out what. Find some way of getting close. But if I go down there and get caught, they'll shoot me. No questions asked. It scares me. I've been all over the universe, faced countless alien threats. And it's all been a big adventure. But here? On Earth? Surrounded by my fellow humans, I'm suddenly hugely aware of my own mortality. And I'm terrified. Extract ends. Raven calling London. Raven calling London. London here. Receiving you, Raven. 
Vulture has been spotted in the desert. Repeat, Vulture has been spotted in the desert. Received, Raven. Over. Well, I suppose she's connected to the Doctor Who universe, isn't she, completely? So she is. We were just talking about Doctor Who, but well done for expanding the horizons there, David. Paul Sprague, have you anything to say? <laughs> well, aside from, aside from minor panic <laughs> and having to pick things when you've picked all of the obvious points. <laughs> so my, my experience of, of Big Finish is a bit different because I started listening to Big Finish audios when they very first started coming out and then I sort of drifted away from it because I just couldn't keep up with all the releases. So I suppose like some people who are listening to this. Mm, so Very much so. You know, I mean, I've... <clears throat> so since working here, I've obviously... You know, sort of made it my mission to, to keep up with things and listen to things, and so there were, I've got a sort of different perspective on it. I mean, certainly one of the obvious choices, I suppose, is to take a listen to Storm Warning, mm, the very which of course thing. is the very, very first Paul McGann main range story that we've released. Um, so it introduces Charlie Pollard, who is his companion for, well, the bulk of the stories that are in the main range featuring the Eighth Doctor. You know, I don't like the sound of this one little bit. Maybe I should... Ah. <gasps> is that the greetings over with? What? I can do this too. How? That's good, isn't it? Geronimo taught me that. How? Well, you got the hang of it already. What? Are you, uh, are you running away from something? Uh, someone. No, 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 no. It's definitely something. I can see it just behind your eyes. What you need is a hiding place. <laughs> hiding place, hiding place, hiding place. Ah! Curtains there, perhaps. Yes, whatever. Come on, then, quick. Shh. And uh, I suppose also there's a good jumping on point. You could do uh, a lot worse than The Silver Turk, which is the start of a little short Eighth Doctor trilogy that also features Mary Shelley, played by Julie Cox, and is a really good story, a good Cyberman story, one of Mark Platt's bestest ever scripts, and a really enjoyable listen. Absorbing the power of the lightning, regenerating their systems. We've got to stop them. Stop them? Surely they'll be dead. No one could survive such elemental forces. I did, remember? I'm climbing up to sea. Wait! No, they've fallen! They left, Mary. Left? Such a horrible way to die. You think they're dead? If only. I can't see where they fell. They could go anywhere, anywhere in the city. Come on, you're soaked through inside before you drown. I still don't fully understand what these creatures are. Good. You say they replace parts of themselves with machinery in order to survive. Among other things. But that does not make them evil. Graham and Brain were lonely and maltreated. What did Graham say? Anything about why they were here? Nothing. Except that they needed power to complete their mission. So whatever their mission is, it isn't finished. Also notable for that particular story for me, uh, calling her Julie Sherry, Shelley, Julie Sherry, Julie Shelley and Mary Cox. Just right. getting all the names mixed up all the time. And uh, thank you, well done for avoiding that fair track. <laughs> for the sixth Doctor, I think that a, a nice little jumping on point is Patient Zero because it's the start of a trilogy. I mean, admittedly, you've got a little bit of um, backstory with Charlie, but I think that it's quite easy to pick up on it. She's travelling with the Sixth Doctor by this point. You know, there's a bit of mystery about it, but that's then explained in subsequent stories rather than you feeling that you've come in sort of 
partway through it. It's a massive, massive Dalek story. And uh, hugely enjoyable, lots of dashing around, lots of action, and sets up quite a few other things that uh, happen down the line as well. And indeed are still happening, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's true. So I think that's quite a nice little jumping on point for the uh, mm. sixth Doctor. Attention! You will deactivate your defence systems immediately! Doctor, who are these friends of yours? They're no friends of mine, Fratellin, I can assure you of that. And why should I believe you? You are part of an attacking force invading the station, and you will be treated as such! Can't say I blame him. Defense systems are blocking our scanners. Our search will be impaired. Uh, what are you searching for? You will begin the search now. Set all perceptors to maximum. Proceed. We obey. The creature called Fratellin referred to you as Doctor. Huh? Uh, did he? Well, I don't remember that. Uh, what are you doing? Transmitting your image to Dalek Control. Dalek Control? Where exactly is that? Well, out there in the middle of the molten lava. You will be silent! This is the one referred to as the Doctor. Feed information to Dalek Time Controller. Dalek Time Controller receiving. Simply to propagate your endless war against it. You finally defeated. Of course, once time is reset to your grand design, we won't know it was ever any different. Identity confirmed. This is our greatest enemy, the Time Lord, the Doctor. For the seventh Doctor, I don't think that there's any better jumping on point than Thin Ice, because it literally picks up where he left off. <laughs> on the TV, yeah. Because uh, as uh, a lost story of the from the season 27 as such that was, that was unmade, but basically we made four lost stories that um, would have been, could have been part of the next season had Doctor Who not been cruelly cancelled in 1989, and uh, Thin Ice follows on from that uh, you find out what happened to Ace and the Doctor after the end of survival and uh, you hear about the genesis of the new companion Rain so uh, Thin Ice is a nice little jumping on point to uh, find out what happened to those two and be introduced to a new character who will become more significant in Unit Dominion mm. so a bit of Thin Ice Fur coat. Ace keep your disapproval to yourself have some more caviar I know it's a different society. I know the peasants wore them to survive. But the fur coat still looks better on its original owner. But this is a fashion show. There's nothing necessary about it. Any sign of Creevy yet? Easy. I spotted him at least ten minutes ago. Really? Over there. Floral shirt and velvet jacket. Behind the potted palm. Ah, yes. A little ostentatious in the present Soviet climate. Having a bit of a Barney with that official woman, too. Arguing more like old friends. Come on, grab a handful of pretzels. It's time we went and introduced ourselves. But also, if you like things to be a bit more complicated, there's the Magic Mouse Trap, which is a really, really beautiful Seventh Doctor story, another one of Matthew Sweet's ones, um, and uh, features the return of an old villain, and I can't really say much more than that without giving too much away. But uh, yes, again, that's uh, the Magic Mouse Trap is the beginning of a trilogy with the Seventh Doctor, Ace and Hex, and its effects 
will continue to be felt as you listen to more Seventh Doctor stories from there on. Cockaliki? <laughs> what? Cockaliki? Soup? It's from a tin. Bought it at Lipton's. None of your foreign muck. Uh, no, thank you. Where did the ground go? It's best not to look down. Oh, the air is marvellous, though, isn't it? Is it safe to do that? And I also wanted to say that a really nice little jumping on point and ones that you can sort of pick up at any stage from the Big Finish ranges are the releases that are just four stories in one two CD package. So I thought it'd be quite nice to mention The Demons of Red Lodge for the Fifth Doctor and Nyssa, um, which is four very, very different, very, very interesting, very, very clever stories. Um that follow in fairly close succession because they reference each other um, but uh, again it's just nice to, to be able to just go in, listen to a story and then it's it's over and it's all nicely self-contained Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but uh, there's other sorry that wasn't very clear was it? <laughs> <laughs> no I think that was quite clear <laughs> but yeah, so David's maybe just making faces behind oh, it right, so. okay. but I was <laughs> going to say The Demons of Red Lodge I think is a very good example of the um, four stories in one set it is, um, actually, yeah. And also, I mean, there's there's other ones as well like that. There's 100 as well, which is a nice one to just sit down and pick up. There's Company of Friends, which is all quite self-contained. Which is um, the Eighth Doctor there with yeah. different companions, yeah. Including so, uh, Mary yeah. Shelley and Bernice Summerfield yeah. and uh, Izzy from the comic strip. And indeed Circular Time, which uh, has little sort of vignettes as well. But yeah, all, That's all, Peter worth, Davison, yes. all worth a listen, I think. So those are my picks. Oh, don't pay any attention to me, Emily. Perhaps it's just the paranoia I've experienced. But then there's the small matter of the plague. The plague? It's rampant in London right now and spreading further afield. It's one thing to let strangers in because they sound afraid. Quite another to risk them bringing bubonic plague into your house. Wouldn't you say, Emily? Hmm. Well, there we have it. I thought, I'm sorry if that was a bit serious, but we just thought we'd give you a few helpful pointers if you're listening to the podcast and wondering what to pick up upon. And for those of you who've heard all those stories anyway, it might be just a nice reminder and you can go back into your collection and have another listen to them. So there. Now, Doctor Who wallpaper. Yes! <laughs> we were sent some Doctor Who wallpaper, weren't we? Yes, by Mark Ethel, who apparently is officially licensed to make Doctor Who wallpaper. Yeah, it's can, you, can you tell, round doors. tell us what it looks like? It looks like if you put it on your wall, you'll think you're in the TARDIS. Brilliant! Yeah, it was very good. He sent us a strip of it, didn't he? But yeah, we we said that we'd mentioned that it was that it was available. Yeah, and, and we forgot. Uh, yes, and we forgot. So uh, apparently, there's more information available on his website: 3D FX wallpaper. Oh, there we are. So if you drop by that, it's 3dfxwallpaper.co.uk. Check it and out, and you can make your room look like a TARDIS. Who doesn't want their room to look like a TARDIS? David, by the look of his face. My partner wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair fair point. Yes. Neither would mine. (laughs) Right. uh, Should we end with an email from a listener, do you think? Well, I've got an email here from Casey Kilgore, who says, I'm a student at the baking programme at the Seattle Culinary Academy. During our recently (laughs) finished summer quarter... I don't know why that's funny, but it seems funny somehow, (laughs) yes. During our recently finished summer quarter, we had the opportunity to create a celebration cake of our own devising. A few of us Whovians decided to go with an image of the TARDIS popping into the vortex. I wanted to send pictures to you because I'm an avid fan of the big finished Doctor Who plays and I thought you might like to see. Oh, hold on. The TARDIS 
is a walnut sponge with a banana mousse, and the vortex <laughs> is a chocolate sponge and caramel mousse. Fantastic. I just, I just want someone to tune into this podcast when you're saying that and wondering what's going on. It's covered with buttercream and a layer of painted fondant. It's got, it's got a bad wall for it on it as well. It's got all manner of things. We've got various pictures from different angles. It's great. There's a little, there's a scarf. There's a little key. There's uh, Ace's baseball jacket. That's all jacket. entirely edible, is it? Yeah. Mm. There's a little weeping angel. I love the weeping angel up here. It's great. So unfair, though. It's five o'clock in the afternoon. We've been podcasting since three o'clock. And the only cake <laughs> we've got is a photo. It's a little, little adipose as well. I'll have to have so, a banana, I So think. this is what you need to tell Louise Jameson. <laughs> hey? when, when she's sorting out your birthday cake next year. Ah... Uh. Yes, Louise Jameson sorted out a birthday party for David, an impromptu one. So yeah, so she next year, this, this is what you need, some of this. Look at the ladder pose, he's so cute. <laughs> that's pure body fat. <laughs> <sighs> yes, both in the series and as part of the cake. Yeah, really. indeed, that's what they made it from. So yes, I thought I'd share that. That's very nice. Mm. Oh, I think it's just time to go now, isn't it? I think. Thank it's you all for listening. <laughs> yes, I think you're right. Um... And don't forget, the competition closes on the 30th of September. <gasps> Just thought I'd throw that in. Brilliant. A competition to win uh, a, cup of coffee. A, a cup of coffee. A coffee morning with me, David, and Paul Sprague, <laughs> not McGann. And the question was, how many Patrick Troughton stories w- were there in which the Daleks appeared? You can also win uh, a signed script of the first Sontarans, signed by the cast. Anyway, these are the voices of the Daleks. You won't listen. You won't listen. You said that without moving your lips. I know. Now, who is that? That was Adam Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who is? How old is he? I don't know how old he is. I I just know that we got a phone call from his mum saying uh, my 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 son is uh, doing some is, is very good at doing Dalek voices. In oh, fact, if you listen carefully, he's doing them right now, and I can hear it happening in the background. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said that she sent us uh, a CD of them. So disconcerting, isn't it? When it's not you. Yeah, yeah. I can actually now tell it's not me. I couldn't when yeah, I heard it. Stephen Moffat. <laughs> Fancy a cheaper person. Yes. Yeah. Child labour. I'm, I'm assuming that if because his mum phoned, he's young. It'd be yes. a bit strange if he was 23 and his mum but, phoned. But, but yeah, not, I, you know, I, not I, that strange. No. If they hired him, they wouldn't have to have that 29 foot trailer that they have to get for you, would they? <laughs> I'm not that tall. Flowers every day. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, flowers in front and behind me, so that I can see them in the mirror when they're putting on my makeup, yeah. my my bronze makeup. Yeah. So nobody's and, allowed uh, to look you in the eye. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and they. they I stalk. <laughs> I stalk. I know you do, but that's a different. Thing. <laughs> hey! hey, that's actually what I thought he was saying. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, it's been a long afternoon. Oh, yeah. Has you got any last words, David? Because you're the funny one. Uh, I have no understanding of the word. It is not registered in my vocabulary bag. Exterminate. That's that's pretty blooming good, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm gobsmacked. Adam, come and work here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we let him do a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> y- yeah. Yes, obviously. Well, maybe he can do it in this voice. That, that would be quite easy to listen to. <laughs> Victory to the Daleks! History is ours! It's yeah. good, isn't it? 
I'm going to stop. No, stop now, it so. now. <laughs> I, I thought. Anyway, who wants to say goodbye? Bye. 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 Dr. Klein.